0: Thank you so much guys, my battery died, I had to go replace the battery in my pacemaker, I'm better now. (laughs) I got the super rechargeable one, so we're good to go. Let's give our worship band a hand this morning. Thank you guys so much. Well, y'all know me, I can't get started unless I tell a joke, so I'm going to have to do that. But I've got a couple of quotes here for you. I think you guys are going to lack them. The first one is, it says this, Mothers of teenagers know why animals eat their young. (laughs) Not mine, of course, only other teenagers. I want my children to have all the things I couldn't afford. Then I want to move in with them. The most remarkable thing about my mother is that for 30 years she served the family nothing but leftovers. The original meal has never been found. <laughs> a suburban mother's role is to deliver children once in a hospital and by car ever after. <laughs> I know that's the truth. A mother is a person who seeing there are only four pieces of pie for five people promptly announces she never did care for pie. That's good, isn't it? Any mother who could perform the jobs of several air traffic controllers with ease. And that is the truth. And uh, Mark Twain said this, I love it. My mother had a great deal of trouble with me, but I think she enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to tell you this, this a little joke here. One day, uh, Joey's mother turned to her dad and said, Hey, it's Mother's Day. Why don't we take little Joey to the zoo? Let's take him to the zoo. And the dad turned around and said, I wouldn't bother. If the zoo wants him, they can come and get him. (laughs) If you've got your Bibles, let's lift them up this morning and get started. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Bible. I am who it says I am. I I can do what it says I can do. do do. Today, Today, I'll be taught God's Word. word. It's His truth truth. transforming transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, folks, we say that every week not as a religious thing. I say that because I want you to get it down deep inside of you. If you will begin to see who you are, if you'll begin to believe that you are the person that this Bible says you are, there is nothing that God can't do through you and that you can't accomplish. And that is absolutely the truth. Starting next week, we're going to start a series called Crimson. And it's about the blood covenant. And that sounds really official. But what that means is the, we're going to talk about the promises of the Bible and really studying and finding out who we are in Christ. Jesus said this is the new covenant. When we take communion, we talk about that this is the new covenant in my blood. The Old Testament is actually called the Old Covenant. The New Testament is called the New Covenant. And we're going to talk about what those things are and what that means to us. Amen. All right, well, I uh, wanted to start today, I prepared a special Mother's Day message. It's very lovely and sweet, isn't it? Yeah, Oh, everybody say oh. Not really, it's, but it's good. <laughs> I think you guys are going to like it. If you've got your notes or you've got your Bible, open it up to Luke chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 38 through 42. Somebody said, wow, pastor, you look nice, you're wearing a suit this morning because I knew my aunt was going to be here and I didn't want her to go tell my mom I wasn't wearing a suit this morning. <laughs> I'm reading out of the New International Version. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, today we're going to talk about Mary and Martha. And uh, I think it's very appropriate, as I was studying for the Mother's Day sermon this week, I thought, what would be really good? And I love the story of Mary and Martha. So let me set the stage for you. Jesus is traveling, and he comes into a town. And, and this, this family, Mary and Martha, know that Jesus is coming, so they decide to prepare for him. So you can imagine Jesus is coming. The rabbi is coming. Now I want you to think about something. The Son of God is coming to your house. If I told you that Jesus was going to be at your house at 6 o'clock, what would most of you guys do? Clean house, right? In two ways. (laughs) One, you'd be repenting about everything you could think about. And the other thing is you would go home and your house would be spotless. But here's what would probably happen, and I can totally see this because this happens in my house almost every week. It's time to clean the house. If I want to get rid of people in our house, that's all I have to say. You would think the rapture happened when it's time to clean the house. I mean, hey, guys, we're going to spend the next couple hours. I mean, people are gone. You're looking around like, what happened? Where would everybody go? Well, this is the same situation that Martha and Mary find themselves in. Martha finds out Jesus is coming. So Martha says, we got to clean the house. And Mary's going, oh, it's going to be so nice that Jesus is coming. And and I just love this whole story, and we're going to break it down for you. But you can imagine there's one person over here who's trying to get everything ready to make sure everything's right, and then there's another person over here that's really not involved in that at all. Does anybody have anybody in your house that's like that? (laughs) A couple. Thank you for your honesty. There's three things that I want us to talk about today that help us to remember because what happened is and I love this so much is that Martha finally goes to Jesus and she says Jesus not like that she probably said Jesus (laughs) Jesus I'm doing all this work don't you see what I'm doing and my sisters over here she's sitting at your feet she's not doing anything and I love what Jesus says says Martha Martha you're worried and distracted about many things. Today we're going to talk about three things that can keep us from being close to God. Three things. First thing, if you have your notes and you can take a look at those, when you look at Mary and Martha and how they reacted to Jesus coming to their home, this is the first thing that you see. There was a difference in their focus. Mary and Martha were focused on two totally different things. Webster's Dictionary defines focus as the point where reflected rays come together. In other words, focus is where things are centered. Focus in this scripture, what we're talking about, is the things that we're concerned about. What you're focused on was what you're thinking about a lot of times. Now, a lot of times in life, we're focused on the wrong things. We tend to be focused on our problems. Anybody understand what I'm talking about there? the thing in your life that's bothering you is the thing that you're focused on and so if we're not careful we can end up focusing on things that are not important or instead of focusing on the solution we tend to focus on the problem now ha- anybody ever been in a rodeo in here anybody okay here's a couple of you if you'll notice or if, even if you're watching rodeo on TV many of the events there's somebody that's very important that you don't really think about unless you've been in a rodeo like I have or or you've been to a rodeo and there's usually one cowboy there's one guy whose job is to open the gate and if you'll ever watch the rodeo this guy can is totally distracted from everyone else around him he is focused on one thing the head of that cowboy and if you've ever watched a rodeo These guys will sit there, and they will be watching. For instance, if they're opening up the calf gate, they'll be sitting there watching that cowboy's head because here's the deal. Their focus has to be completely on him because I I can tell you when I used to rodeo, I rode bareback, and we would be down in there, and I'd be on top of that that horse, and uh, I'd be getting hunkered down in there, and I'd have my hat pulled down because you got to be cool. (laughs) For the three seconds that I rode him, I looked good. (laughs) But I would be, Uncle James has seen some of that. We were talking about that yesterday. He's laughing because he's, no, he's seen it. It's, you know, funny. They didn't have funniest home videos when I was a kid, or I would have made a lot of money. That's all I'm saying. But you'd get down there, and you'd suck down on that horse, and you've got that chute right here, and you've got your hat down, and as soon as you're comfortable, you nod. But it's barely a nod. It's like that, okay? And sometimes it could be construed as nervousness, but you know... (laughs) That's other people. That wasn't me. But, but that guy's looking for just the slightest nod. Ronnie knows. He's been in the rodeo. When you're back in there and you've got your horse backed in, and there's a guy, he's sitting over there, and he's looking at you, and he's just waiting for the slightest nod. He's completely focused on that cowboy. And we have to get that way in life. See, so many times we're focused on things that are not important. People that complain a lot tend to be focused on the problem instead of focused on the solution. And when you ask them how things are going, boy, they can tell you everything. I sat down, bless my grandmother's heart, uh, Trish and I had to run down to a funeral this week in Fort Worth, and on the way back we stopped by and stayed with my parents. And I have a grandmother who's 93 years old next month, and she came over, and, and I'm the oldest grandson, so I sat down with her, and we were talking I hadn't been there 30 seconds until I knew every ailment that she had in her body. <laughs> I, I, said, I said, Mama, I'm glad she's not going to hear this message. <laughs> I, said, I said, Mama, how are you doing? You know, my, my foot's been swelling up and, and these veins in my leg, and she showed me, and that was nice. And and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and we just went on, and, and she, was, she was completely focused on some of these challenges that we had. But then she'd stop every once in a while. She said, but the Lord's helping me. The Lord's helping me, and I prayed for her a couple times, but it was interesting. She was focused sometimes more on the pain than she was on the Savior, and that's how a lot of times we can get. Many times when we have challenges, we want to focus on what's wrong, and we will rehearse what's wrong over and over again, and guess what, folks? What you rehearse, you become. There's an old saying that says, practice makes perfect, right? Right? And what we tend to practice and rehearse in our minds, we will do. It can almost be a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, (laughs) I've always enjoyed, uh, and I told you the other day, I drive Trisha crazy on these roads because I'm always looking at cows and cars and motorcycles, whatever. I'm looking at everything. And if an airplane goes by, y'all better just watch out because I'm like doing this, you know. But if you've noticed, isn't it funny that when you drive, wherever your head turns, your car tends to go? Isn't that interesting? I mean, you know, you can, you, can, <laughs> you can be going down the road, and you might be looking over here, and, and the next thing, well, here I go, you know. Well, you do that around here, you're going to be in a ditch pretty quick, aren't you? Well, that's how it is in life. If your focus is on something off here over in the ditch or the pasture, your body, your mind is going to follow And you remember the story about Jesus when he was walking on water and Peter came out to him. As long as Peter kept his focus on Jesus, everything was fine. But as soon as he began to look at the storm, he sank. He became what was around him. And we have to really watch that in our own life. Mary and Martha had two different focus points. Martha was busy working for the Lord. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening. Number two. There was a difference in Mary and Martha in their position with the Lord. Now let's pay attention to Mary. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I, and I love this, this old story, you know, uh, this old joke. I've heard it before. Many of you have heard it. But there, there's a, an old farmer and his wife that are riding down the road in their old pickup truck. And, and they're on a little two-lane road. And coming the opposite direction is this young couple. In a car. And this young couple, this girl is just sidled right up next to this guy. And he's got his arm around her. And she's got her head laid over on his chest. And they just, you know, lovey-dovey. And the, and the woman looks over at her husband and as she's sitting next to the window on the other side of the cab. <laughs> and she looks at him and said, how come we're not like that anymore? I remember we used to be that way. Do you remember that? He said, I sure do. She said, I just don't understand why we're not that way anymore. He said, well, who moved? (laughs) That's the truth, isn't it? And that's the way our relationship is with the Lord, our position with Him, where we are. You know, if you feel like you're not as close to the Lord as you would like to be, or if you feel like maybe your relationship with the Lord's just not what it was, Or maybe you're a new Christian and you're not sure how to become you know, close with the Lord and intimate. I want to tell you, it does have everything to do with your position. Are you putting yourself into a position to have a relationship with God? Are you? Are you close to Him? Are you spending time in the Word every day? How many of y'all eat only once a week? If anybody raised their hand, you know you're lying because I can see all of you. (laughs) How many times do we usually eat? Two or three times a day. Or more, depending. <laughs> but but we, we usually eat more than a few times a day. Why? Because our body needs nutrients. And yet many people go to church once a week thinking that's going to be enough food to carry them from week to week. And if you ate like that, you would starve to death. So in your relationship with God, you need to look at your position with Him. Where are you located? Are you putting yourself in a position... To hear from God. Are you putting yourself into a position to draw close to God? Because, folks, he has not moved. God is still there. He's driving the truck, and he'd love for you to be over there close to him. But you're on the other side of the cab looking out the window, wondering what happened to your relationship. And it never works that way. Let me tell you something, and I wrote this as my notes. I put different things in here called the point. And one of the points from the sermon today is this. You're as close to Jesus as you want to be. You are as close to Jesus as you want to be. If you are not as close to Jesus as you'd like to be, the question you need to ask is who moved? And every time it's us. God is seeking us. You know, we were talking a few weeks ago about how the Lord talked about the parable of the, of the sheep, where the one sheep went away and the shepherd left the 99 to go find the one. God is constantly searching for his children. His desire is that we are close to him. He wants us to be close to him. But if we continue to walk away, he can follow us. But he's just looking for us to take a step back and he'll be right there. And the wonderful thing about our relationship with God is he doesn't condemn us. When you walk away, he doesn't condemn you. He just wants you back home. He just wants you back home. So if you find yourself today where your position is not where it needs to be with the Lord, then you need to check yourself and and draw close to him. And that's what the word says. If we will draw close to God, he will draw close to us. But it's our choice. We have to make that decision. You know, there's a statistic that says in most churches, 10% of the people do 90% of the work. Have you guys heard that? 10% of the people do 90% of the work. And I want you to know something, and I want to speak to all the folks that do that. We have, we are a much higher percentage of people than that that work here. But I would say we're probably close to 50% of the folks that are actually working. I mean, there's always somebody up here doing something. You know, painting something or decorating something or vacuuming something. There's always something going on. If you ever get bored, just let me know. I will find you something to do. (laughs) Because there's always something that needs to be done. But I want to say this warning to those of you that work a lot at the church. You can be so busy doing the work of the ministry that you forget who the Lord of the work is. You can be so busy doing the work of God that you forget about your relationship with God. And let me tell you something, folks. God is more interested in your heart than He is in your hands. Take that in. God is more interested in your heart than He is in your hands. And let me tell you why I say that. Because I talk all the time about our church being the hands and feet of Jesus. And we are absolutely supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. But you need to understand something. If you're not connected in relationship with Him, if you're not connected to Him as the source, when you go up to be His hands and feet, you're not going to have anything to give. The ability for you to give to people comes from you being close to God and Him being your source and the Holy Spirit filling you so that when you walk into a situation, you have something to offer. Amen? So I want you to hear today, I'm not saying I don't want you up here doing work at the church or doing work out in the community. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying, and I want you to clearly hear me here, is that your works do not define you as a Christian. Your relationship with God is the most critical aspect. You will work for Him out of love and relationship for Him. So the first thing, the most important thing, and this is what Jesus said, and this is what we run into, Mary and Martha, this story shows this so clearly. She's in there working, trying to get everything done for Jesus to be happy, but she's not in a relationship with Him. She's busy in the kitchen and He's in the living room. He wants her... To be at His feet so that they can fellowship and have relationship. And now folks, I'm not saying God doesn't want you to do things. But His priority is for you to be in close relationship with Him. And Mary, and this is what Jesus said, Mary has chosen the better thing. She's chosen to be close to the Lord. She was sitting at His feet. So there are times every day when we need to sit at the feet of Jesus. We need to take the time to come close to Him and build that relationship with Him. Why? Because that is where our life is. That's where our spring is. That's where life comes from, is being in our close relationship with Him. So don't ever mistake your working for God as replacing your relationship with Him. You know, folks, God wants to hang out with you. That's a term we used when I was growing up. What are y'all doing? We're just going to hang out. What does that mean? Usually nothing. <laughs> we're just going to spend time together. What'd you guys do? You know, and that's one thing I've learned about my kids that I think is so fun. I can, they can be gone for six hours doing something, and I ask them what they were doing, and what do they usually say? Nothing. nothing. I don't know how you do nothing for six hours. <laughs> I'm going to try that sometime, though. <laughs> Because <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. But a lot of times, you know, we're just hanging out, we think we're doing nothing. And I want to tell you, folks, you need to put yourself in a position. what You know, the, the Christian term is a quiet time. But your quiet time could be out taking a walk. Your quiet time could be sitting down at the, coffee, at the table with coffee and your Bible. You need to spend quiet time every day fellowshipping with God. You need to. You need to take time to do that. Sit on your front porch. Go for a walk. Wherever you can be undisturbed. Now don't ter- take your cell phone with you. Don't take your, you know, your text messaging with you. Wouldn't it be crazy if God text messaged you? <laughs> wouldn't that be something? You know, he wouldn't have iPod. He'd have iGod or something. I mean, you know, he'd have something really cool. But, but you need to set all the distractions away. And take some time just to sit down with him. I'm telling you, many of us, and I, and I suffer from this too as a leader. A lot of times when I see a problem, I want to fix it right now. When the smart thing to do is go sit at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, what do we need to do about this? Because I want to tell you something, folks. God can change something in five minutes that you couldn't fix in five years. And this isn't in my notes, but this is for somebody today. If you've got a, a spouse or, or a loved one, a child, a relative, a friend, if there's somebody in your life that, that they're going through pain and they're going through trial, and you're working really, really hard to answer all the questions, and you're trying to manufacture things to make it work, you need to step back, and you need to pray, and you need to say, God... What do I need to do in this situation? And sometimes God's trying to work in that person's life, but he needs you to step out of the way so that he can get something done. Okay, that was for somebody. Maybe right now you're dealing with the situation and you are so involved and you're trying so hard. And folks, it's not about your trying. The Holy Spirit can do the work. We partner with him in it. And sometimes the best things, and I've had this happen, I've had parents come in and say, I've got this child, they're doing this, what do I need to do? And I said, what you need to do is pray, and you need to pray, Lord, whatever you need to do in this situation to bring them back home, whatever you need to do in this situation to make it right, show me what to do and help me do what you called me to do. Because if you're trying to fix it all the time, you may just be messing it up. What's that old term, too many cooks in the kitchen? That's why I don't go to the kitchen. <laughs> but we need to partner with God, and the way we do that is listening to Him, and He wants to talk to us, but we need to have our ears open. You know, there's, there's a saying that says, "Show me your friends and I will show you your future." Anybody ever heard of that? "Show me your friends and I will show you your future." Now, Mary and Martha were in two separate situations. I can see Martha in the kitchen. She's got all her friends around her. They're trying to clean up for Jesus. And, and she's a very busy person. Mary is in there spending time with Jesus. Who do you think ultimately is going to end up more like the Lord? Mary, the one who's spending time with Him. So, I, here, here's, and I remember in high school, this is where I first heard that term. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And you know what, That's true. Who you hang out with is who you will become like. And that's true for adults as well as kids. And I would encourage you parents, if if you're concerned about your child, you need to see who they're hanging out with. Because I can tell you that whoever they're hanging out with is who they're going to be like. And adults, I can tell you the same thing. Whoever you're hanging out with most of the time is who's going to form who you are. So you need to watch your company. The word says, bad company corrupts good morals. Good company does the opposite of that. Who you hang out with. See, I like to hang out with people that I respect. I like to hang out with people that they know stuff I don't know, which is most people. <laughs> but, but I like to be around people that, that make me think differently or, or, or I want to be better. I want to be more like them. You know, there are things about them that I respect and I admire. And so, if you're looking around in your life right now and you look around and you realize... Man, I'm hanging out with a bunch of turkeys. Guess what? You're liable to start gobbling before too long. You need to hang out with people that you want to be like. Now, that can be very difficult because that means you have to break your circle of friends. But I want to tell you something. I can tell you whenever I talk with somebody and they talk about needing to make changes in their life, I can tell you how serious they are because one of the questions I will inevitably ask them is, Who do you hang out with? And I may tell them, you may need to change your circle of friends. And that usually will be the hardest thing you'll have to do. Because you're comfortable. But you know what, if you really want to get somewhere, you need to change your circle. And see, I I think it's amazing that um, in their relationship, Mary and Martha, Mary made that decision. She wanted to be close to the Lord. So she laid down the things that she, she should have been working on, according to her sister, and she drew close to Jesus. She was willing to change the situation. But notice this even these ladies are tattletaling on each other. What does Martha do when she gets upset? She goes to Jesus with her sister sitting right there. I love this. I can just visualize this. Jesus, I'm in the kitchen. I can't do the cake. I don't know what I'm gonna do. And here's my sister right here. What are you gonna do about it? I mean, that's what happened. And and you know, Jesus' response is amazing to me. He said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. Was He just talking about the kitchen? Huh? No. He wasn't just talking about being in the kitchen. You're troubled about many things. There are people and you may be one of them, then when challenges and situations come up in your life, you get busy. Anybody like that? I know people like that. When something happens in their life, they bury themselves in their work. Or they clean the house. Or they study more. Or they want to escape. And, and these challenges come, and they go the opposite direction of what they need to do. And that's what Jesus is really saying to Martha. He's saying, Martha, you have many things that trouble you, but Mary has chosen the better thing that will not be taken away from her. She is drawn close to me. You know, folks, this is a very simple message today. But I think it's so clear what Jesus is saying to us. We need to draw close to Him. We don't need busyness to fill up our life. We need to make time for what's important. Number three, with Mary and Martha, there was a difference in their feelings. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset. The new revised standard says, Martha, you're worried and distracted by many things. I love the old hymn, What what a Friend We Have in Jesus. Y'all know that hymn? What a friend. Oh, sorry. Ooh, that was nice, wasn't it? I'll be signing autographs in the lobby after service today. <laughs> but I love the hymn, and it says this. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. But I want you to listen to this next part. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we forfeit. Oh, what pain. We needlessly bear pain sometimes because we just won't go to God and talk to Him about it. Isaiah 26.3 says this, Thou wilt keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on Thee. Because he trusteth in thee. And I want to tell you a couple other words for stayed. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed. Whose mind is fixed. Whose mind is focused on the Lord. Simple, simple today folks. And this is so important I think for Mother's Day too. And I want to say this to all you mothers. and, And grandmothers out there. And aunts and uncles that are here. Aunts. Don't let the busyness of your time with your family take away from time with your family. Don't spend so much time in the kitchen that you neglect being in the family room where everybody is. And families, I want to say this to you. Don't let your moms do that all the time. You know, I was watching a movie the other day. And uh, this little girl, she was 15 years old. And her mom had left. And she was at home with her dad. and, And the dad always left dirty dishes in the sink. And she would come home from working and she'd walk in and there was all these dishes in the sink that were full and dirty and she was in there washing and they were at a, a store like a Sam's and, and they were standing there looking at the washing, you know, the dishwashers. You know how they, the display models, they take the sides off, you know, so that you can see the dishwasher working. And and she's sitting there looking at this dishwasher lovingly, you know. and And the father walks up and put his arms around her and says, you know, I don't understand why anybody would want one of those things. Doing it by hand is so much better. He never touched a dirty dish in his life. <laughs> but sometimes we need to help out a little bit so that we can all spend a little more time together. And, and, and parents, I want to say that to you. Don't be so busy that you miss your kids growing up. Some of you all... You're working hard to provide for the family. You also need to make sure you make time to spend time with the kids. Don't miss days like today and be so busy that you forget what God's really calling us to. But for all of us today, don't forget the most important thing. Sit at the feet of Jesus. Take time. Whatever challenge you're facing today, God has an answer. And he's not hiding his will from you. It's one of the things Tricia told me when we first got married. We'd be seeking God about different things. And she'd say, Chris, God's not trying to hide his will from us. God is not trying to hide his will from you. Draw near to him. He will draw near to you. He can take care of the challenge that you're facing. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you that you love us so much. And Lord, you have a plan for each of our lives. Lord... You sent Jesus to die for us, and Father, as we look at the story of Mary and Martha, we see two very very different people living in the same household, and both of them love you so much. Martha loved you, but she was so busy working that she didn't take time to spend time with you, and she missed out on the most important thing, the fact that you were there. And Father, I pray today that as each one of us looks at our lives, as each one of us realizes how busy we are, as each one of us really takes a soul-searching minute to look and realize the question, are we spending time with God or are we just really busy? Lord, you've called us to draw near to you. You've told us, Lord, that you want our heart more than you want our hands. And Lord, I pray today that each one of us would be real honest. Are we close to you? Or are we busy in the kitchen? And Father, I pray today that you would speak to our hearts. And Lord, we know that you never condemn us. You've come to save us. You've come to deliver us from our pain. And Father, today I pray that you would do that. I pray that you would speak to each person's heart today. And that you would free them from that pain. That Lord, they would make a decision today to draw close to you. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray today with every head bowed and eye closed, if you're here today, you'd say, Pastor, that sounds great. You know, I want to be close to God, but the truth is I have never made Jesus my Savior. I have never asked Him to be my Lord. I have never done that. But today I would like to do that. Today I want to make Him the Lord of my life. And if that's you today, I just want you to slip your hand up. Say, Pastor, that's me today. I have never done that. I have never asked Jesus to be my Lord, but I want to. I want to do that today. If that's you, just slip your hand up. Say, Pastor, that's me today. Amen. Amen. Well, maybe you're here today and say, Pastor, you know, as you were talking, I really realized I've been a lot more like Martha than I've been like Mary. I've been so busy at work, I've been so busy at home. I just really haven't taken time for you. I haven't chosen to spend time with you. I haven't chosen to do the most important thing that I should do every day. And if that's you today and you say, Pastor, that's me and I'm going to commit today. I'm going to commit today to draw close to Him. If that's you and you say, Pastor, that's me, I want to commit today draw close to the Lord. I'm going to make that commitment. Just slip your hand up. Say, Pastor, that's me. Amen. I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Let's all stand this morning. A number of people raise their hands. Right, put your hand on your heart. It's on the left-hand side. Let's all say this together. Lord, Today, I choose to draw close to you. Your word says, if I draw close to you, you'll draw close to me. And I choose to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I know there are people here also that maybe you've got a need in your body. Maybe you've got a need in your family. want you to know folks the reason we have these altars up here is where you have a place to come and meet God so if you've got a need today I'm going to open these altars up you come down I'll pray with you some of the prayer partners will pray with you and the rest of you as you exit today have fun with your mom give your mom a hug she's not here call her call an aunt call an uncle amen we pray for you bless you father bless us as we go lord let us be your hands and feet but father most of all let us be your heart bless us today in Jesus name everybody said amen the altars are open if you need to come Thank you.